It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is january 1st 2024 and this is episode 605 i am not jason i'm emily and i'm here today joined by someone else who is not jason i'm joined by roscoe shock hey roscoe hey, how, are you, how are you doing emily great to be here how's it doing going good it's good i'm glad to have you here so listeners uh, you're probably wondering why neither of us is Jason, uh, and that's because every year at the beginning of the year, Jason does an episode where he talks to someone about what they're excited about for the new year, what they're thinking about, and this year he thought it might be interesting to have some new perspectives from some newer folks. And so Roscoe and I are going to hold down the fort today. We're on our own, uh, and we promise not to mess it up too bad. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, we're going to give it the old uh, college try, as it were. Um, so bear with us. Um, we'll give us our best. We'll give it our best effort, though. So <laughs> absolutely. So before we start talking about 2024, let's get a little bit more uh, close to close to now. Roscoe, what have you been up to since since I saw you at PAX Unplugged? <laughs> right. Um, so, um, yeah, we recorded the live episode. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It was great seeing everyone. Um, I didn't get sick. I didn't get COVID. So those are two great things. Uh, mostly been, uh, like most people, getting ready for the holidays and uh, starting to do some <clears throat> follow-up from PAX, um, sending some people some stuff that they requested, um, working on digitizing some games that the uh, prototypes home, went home with so I can uh, <clears throat> play online with the publisher uh, when they're ready. But I think that'll probably be uh, in 24 um, as the as they get done with the holidays as well. And as usual, I'm working on a bunch of new stuff um, because uh, why not? That's what I do. Um, and later I'll, I'll talk a little bit about a, uh, a party game that I subjected my family to uh, this past weekend uh, at some uh, holiday gatherings. And uh, yeah, so you'll hear more about that uh, to come. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't wait to hear about it. Um, yeah, I also did not get sick after PAX, which I feel like is a huge win, because um, I, I was horribly sick after Gen Con, and then I got sick again like a month or two later after Gen Con, so I feel like I've just been recovering from Gen Con for like three months now. Um, but yeah, I went into PAX having gotten my COVID and my flu vaccine like the week before, and so I felt very strong um, <laughs> and avoided avoided any of the crud, uh, which was wonderful. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I said it on the episode, uh, the PAX episode, I had a, a super fun PAX. Um, and since I got back, I'm trying to remember what I've done. And I've mostly been like traveling for work and doing a bunch of work end of year things uh, that are really work based and boring. Um, but I did have a really good play test of cross stitch um, last cool. weekend, a digital one. Yeah. Uh, you, Roscoe, you've been on this journey with me on cross stitch and it's, it's, I started out really excited and then I sort of like dove into the depths of like this, this is awful and it's not, it's <laughs> not even worth it. Um, and I, I think having stripped it back to like, just try and play test the core loop and see if it's there, like the core loop's not there, but it's getting there. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, I'm debating, I'm debating a, a stitch placement thing that Roscoe, you and I had worked on a while ago, which is just doing them in order, kind of like a train, uh, sort of thing. Um, and that, that seems to be working okay, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a whole, it's such a roller coaster, right? It's just such a roller yeah. coaster with like, yeah. Well, I'm glad, um, you're coming back out of the trough of despair, um, that all designs go through sometimes, you know, I know <clears throat> we first started talking about your game, uh, I think at origins yeah. and, um, doing some noodling around with it then. And, um, I'm really, really excited for what this game can be. Um, so I'm, it's, um, I'm its biggest supporter. So, um, yeah, I'm super excited to see it turn into something awesome, which I'm sure it will be just may take longer than, than you want to get it there. But, um, you know, it's interesting in design sometimes like there's been times where like you drop a design down in 10 minutes and like that, that part just works and you never change it and then there's other ones where like you spend weeks and whatever like writing it down and diagramming it and planning all the stuff out and then like just throw it away and start over and you do that 12 times and you're like ah you know you start to hate the game so yeah it's uh it's always a little bit of a journey and and uh you know, the way I always try to think about it is, you know, sometimes I feel like you start testing a game and you try different directions and stuff like that. And if you do it enough and if you listen, I usually feel that the game will tell you what it wants to be. Mm. And that's a hard part, though, is like being open to that because it may not be what you started out wanting it to be. <laughs> right. So I've definitely had games that have like they look nothing like the beginning that I started with. Right. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that progresses. But uh, yeah. Glad to yeah. see you're back on the horse on that design and uh, trying to move it forward. So we'll see. Yeah, the trough of despair is a good way to uh, refer to that. Um, yeah, it you know some things to your point like they come out easy and others are just a real trial. Um, but yeah, I'm actually I'm really looking forward to this. Is not actually a 2024 thing, but I'm looking forward to. Well, I guess when this episode airs, it will have been the past. But for right now, when we're recording it. Uh, <laughs> Christmas week, right? Between Christmas and New Year's, I have a bunch of time off. And last year I got to just sort of like get a whole bunch of ideas out as well as um, play a whole bunch of published games. So like we had like a two game a day thing going on where like in the morning we'd play a published game that we got for Christmas and in the afternoon uh, Eric would play uh, an unpublished game with me that I was just like, here's a thing. I drew it on cardboard with <laughs> markers. Um <laughs> And and that was actually the first time we played Knitting Circle was last year over Christmas break. So um, I'm excited to have some just like quiet time to get a bunch of these things that I've drawn in my notebook 12 times uh, out onto cardboard and figure out if they're going to work or not. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So uh, before we dive into 2024, what about, are there any highlights from 2023? that you want to reminisce on? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I, I guess, um, yeah, uh, there's probably two things I guess I would say. One is um, I thought it was really cool seeing the um, some of the community from building the game, and not just the people who come every Tuesday night, but there's a lot of other people who, have kind of been in and out and 
tangential uh, to that. But like, I really started to feel, um, start off a little bit at Unpub, um, which is, I think, a lot of time, or the first time a lot of us had met each other in person um, at all. And so, you know, we were all just kind of like, you know, getting to know each other um, as opposed to just being online friends. Um, mm -hmm. So that was, that was cool. And then I really felt that like at Origins, like um, the group really started to like come together and there's like just so many nice people who are very supportive and like trying to help each other. And, um, and then at PAX, I think it just like, it just kind of grew even more. So it was just like awesome just to be around everyone and like, because everyone is so kind of supportive and just like trying to help each other and um and some of it's not even about game stuff just like life tech and hanging out and talking and, and doing different things like that um yeah so that's probably the biggest highlight um the, the other minor highlight I, mean, I did um i only had a couple pitch meetings for packs <clears throat> and um the one that i thought was going to go the worst um ended up going the best so <laughs> that's a little bit of a minor highlight um yeah, because the the publisher would like talk for like an hour after I we actually played a full game with two players, and then uh, him and a colleague were just talking about how this game could be rethemed to fit their line and all this other stuff, and it took a copy home. So that was, um, even if it doesn't amount to anything uh, and it doesn't pan out, we'll see. Um, fingers crossed. But um, it was just like kind of gratifying to see <clears throat> some other person that I don't know, um, who's not my friend, first time I've met them, like. <laughs> be excited about something that like, you know, I kind of created and put out there and like really have a lot of fun with it and have it spark a lot of imagination and ideas um, for them. So, you know, that part felt really, felt really nice, I guess, <laughs> best way to say it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's gotta be, it's gotta be a great feeling. Um, especially for someone you, you don't know. Right. Um, how long have you been working on that game? The one that you were, that you had um, a good meeting with. I probably worked on that one for about nine months, um, but not this year. Um, it's one that's been sitting on the shelf. So previous year, my, my first version I, I brought out on that one was Proto ATL, um, which was like March or April. I forget the exact date that year. But and then I've been testing it the whole way through the spring and summer, and then I tested it at uh, PAX Unplugged last year. Uh, in the umpire room and had a lot of really great tests um, uh, that solved the one last remaining issue because it has a variable ending, which is kind of unique. Um, and it was great because it was like, I play tested with someone two player and we ran into that the, the specific edge case I was most worried about. And that is that dice sometimes have a mind of their own. <laughs> um, and so, but as it happened, it dawned on me like a clever solution to make that still work even in that worst mm -hmm. case, which is, you know, 2% chance of happening, but um, good to have that in the back of my pocket and get that in the rules so that that doesn't happen to anybody else. So yeah, that <laughs> one's it's probably about nine months I worked on that one, but I mean, it was a midweight euro, so those take a little bit longer. Yes. Um, I I would be super excited to do a midweight euro in, what, nine months. That feels very short for a, <laughs> for a euro game. Um, yeah, I, I gotta agree on the sort of like the the arc of the year feeling like it was shaped by getting to like meet people from this community and see you all in person um yeah unpub was just super fun but at the same time like now there's like people that i'm like i interacted with them at unpub and now i know them so much better right and i'm like 
I can't wait for the next unpub. I feel like those three tent poles, unpub, uh, origins, and packs, sort of like shaped shaped the arc of the year in a really fun way. Um, well, didn't you double down on like PAX East the week after Unpub? Because I think yeah. some people were there too. Yeah, I was, and I'm doing it again this year. Um, <laughs> but I mean, PAX, so PAX East is in my backyard. Um, right. And I have been going to there for, I don't know, probably a decade now with Eric. And we, we have a whole thing, right? We um, take the time off of work. It's a four-day convention now. It used to be three. And we get a hotel room downtown so that we don't have to do the commute during traffic, which, you know, is not that bad of a commute, but it's fun to just have like a vacation. And we have a thing where every day we each buy a small game and then show it to each other in the bar after the oh, convention. So cool. And we play that's it. So cool. Only once have we accidentally bought the same game. Uh, <laughs> Um, but then you play these just small games in the bar with your glass of wine at the end of the night. Um, and it's just this little super fun mini vacation. And I love it. In the last two years, he's been in the Omegathon, uh, which is the big gaming uh, competition bracket thing. And so, so yes, I went to, I went to PAX East right after Unpub. I'm doing it again. Uh, but I think I really do um, plan to not do game design stuff there. Right. I'm, I'm probably not going to do Unpub at PAX East this year, um, in part because I'll tell you about my March and how much is going to be going <laughs> on. And I'm really going to need a vacation vacation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got you signed yourself up for too much work. You're not going to have time oh, for fun. <laughs> yeah. March is going to be I'm looking forward to March, uh, but it's going to be a lot. Um, but yeah, I guess if I was going to throw out a highlight from the year, it would be that I, I got Knitting Circle signed. Um, and that sort of happened after Unpub and before Origins. Um, and and yeah, and then that's what I'm going to talk about is some of the cool stuff I'm doing next year. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we've talked around it enough. Let's talk about 2024, which I it almost came out of myself. Let's talk about FY24 which is a bad work term for fiscal year 24. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, let's talk about 2024 for game things. Roscoe, what are you doing in 2024 that you're excited about? Um, we definitely shouldn't add game design 24 as an acronym <laughs> for what's going to happen next year. No. Probably not the best. Well, no. it also just feels weird to say 24, right? Like, I don't know. I'm sure most people feel this way. Like times lost all meaning since COVID. Like, I don't know what century is it? Who knows? How did we get here? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the thing, um, one of the big things that I want to do in this year, 2024, since today's the first, is, the um, first. is um, I want to try to do a lot more pitching. <clears throat> I, I've been doing a lot of designing. Um, I have a lot of games sitting on the shelf. Um, and part of the thing was I wanted to kind of like, as I got into the industry, like learn a little bit more about what I was getting myself into and some of that stuff. Um, and so I, I've pitched some stuff here and there, but not like, you know, hey, it's a convention. I'm going to try to get, you know, 16 pitches and, you know, whatever it is at each thing and pitch on every online opportunity and, and all those kind of things. 
and and part of that too was I wanted to um, I wanted to have kind of a catalog of stuff. You know, I really didn't want to be. Um, and this isn't throwing shade. This is just my personal journey. Like I didn't want to be someone who was like, Hey, I have this one game and I've been working on it for two years and it's perfect. And like you sit down at a pitch meeting and they're like, well, we don't do X. And you're like, Oh, now what? Right. You yep. have no backup plan. You can't audible. Um, you, you have no other thing. So, you know, I really wanted to have, um, a breadth and depth of, designs available so light stuff family stuff party stuff euros puzzly stuff um card only games you know whatever it is um and so i think i'm in pretty good shape that way at this point so i think i'll feel a lot more confident and also the, have the ability to kind of um pitch something different than, than maybe what i went into a meeting uh or an initial conversation with and i'll give you a little bit of example from pax i, I was I reached out to that publisher that that ended up taking a game home and I said, Hey, I think I have these two games that might be a good fit. You know, they have kind of a decent narrative. Um, you know, they create experiences, you know, what whatever the buzzwords they had on their site. And so, um, but I didn't hear back from them until literally the day before the convention, uh, before I was leaving for the convention. And so I was like, you know, great, whatever. And he's and the the one person said, like, hey, send some rule books. So I sent the rule books and they're like, This one is way too late. And the other one not sure like i'd have to see it and so instantly i was like gotcha no problem so i decided like at that instant i'm going to pitch this mid uh medium heavy euro to them because it seemed clear that they despite what whatever their kind of like website says that like they were looking for something heavier and so if i didn't have that heavier one i would have gone to that meeting and it wouldn't have gone well right because it would have been a total mismatch and so i i think I'm in a position now where like I can kind of audible on the fly, like, Hey, what, what do you want to see? Like, what, tell me exactly what you want. Cause I'll pull something out of these boxes that probably <laughs> is in at least the weight or the audience you're looking for. You might not like the game, but at least I can match um, on something. Right. Because we do see a lot of publishers, like even that they're somebody who mostly does like lighter stuff, you know, all of a sudden like they decide that they want to have a trick taker as well. Right. Or whatever it is. So, well, when roll and writes were the thing, like all of a sudden everybody also wanted to roll and write, even if most of they just published heavy euros. So it was kind of a weird thing. So I think just having that in your back pocket is kind of a nice thing. Um, so yeah, all that said, all that to say, um, I definitely going to do uh, a lot more of that this year. Uh, I'm going to a couple more conventions than I did last year. Um, so my next one's going to be Tantrum Con, which is a couple weeks. Mm since it's also the first um i know there's going to be a couple publishers there so i'm hoping to be able to show them some stuff in a less um that's a smaller thing it's mostly a playing thing um so it's going to be you know it's not like they have to run a booth and sell stuff all day so hoping to get a little bit more of that personal time and that kind of thing and and have all my stuff there and you know hopefully i can find uh something that interests them so that's definitely one of my big goals for this year i man I love that. And I, I, I'll be honest, right? I, so I'm that guy with like one game and I keep chatting with all y'all and like you and Clarence and other people, like you just seem to have games like spilling out of your pockets. And I'm like, how do you have so many games? Right. And Julio. Right. And then I was like, oh, cause you've actually like been building a catalog of games, like intentionally you've been designing a bunch of stuff. Whereas I've been like, good kitties, man, good kitties. 
pirates, good kitties, pirates. Um, so I, I, yeah. I feel you. I feel it like that. That super resonates. Of like, I don't, I don't have a a pivot point during a pitch. So in part, I haven't been doing as much pitching. Like I've only been like, if someone wants to see this game, I will, I will talk to them, right? But like, I don't, I don't have that backlog. Um, and I think that's, I think that's super cool that you've been thinking about building that backlog, like with an intention of like, I'm going to be able to pivot. I'm going to have a whole bunch of things um, in my back pocket. Like, I, I don't know. I really like that idea. Yeah. I mean, it may not work for everyone, right? I mean, I think yeah. nothing's to suggest that I have anything figured out. Yeah. No. <laughs> but um, I think for me, it's just like, it's nice to have. Um, I think there's some comfort for me, like pitching is a part that most of us don't really enjoy anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So like <clears throat> to go into the pitch and have like a thing you're going to show somebody and then be dismissive of it or like kind of like checking their phone, <clears throat> excuse me, after like three seconds, you're it's just going to feel bad. Right. So yeah. like, it's like, um, why don't you just tell me? It's like the movie phone thing from Seinfeld. Why don't you just tell me what game you want to see? And then like, <laughs> see if I can find something that looks like that. <laughs> Maybe we can or can't, but like, at least there's another choice, right? Like yeah. you've gone to the trouble, you got the meeting, you're there. Um, and I think that it also can show, I'm hoping, um, to a prospective publisher that like, you know, this isn't like my version of Monopoly that I've rethemed or Carriage Against Humanity that I think it's just like going to sell a billion copies and like, I'm so into it. And like, even if the game was good, like, do you really want to work with that person who's like so attached <laughs> that you're just going to like fight you all the time, yeah. right? So um, having more games, I think, just kind of like hopefully it will be a, like a little bit of a comfort to the publisher that like oh okay like they're working on lots of stuff like it's not going to be a fight yeah i i have to imagine it is and i also think it probably shows like your versatility and like your sort of depth and breadth because you are designing so many different types of games right if if they were like we like this concept but it needs to be a little bit more of a trick taker or a little bit more of a Euro or a little bit more like you've got all those things in your vocabulary already that you can be like, ah, all right. I, I have those things as opposed to like, if you showed them, you know, all eight cards against humanity ripoffs that I know you've made. Um, <laughs> that's 10. That's 10 now. Fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um <laughs> they're all they're all they're all like holiday seasonal like so I have a St. Oh, Patrick's Day one, an yes. Easter one, you know, because like that's what you want to play at Easter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> cards against bunnies, <laughs> right? That's that's a game. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, all right, you want to talk more about twenty four? Should I share some twenty four stuff? I don't know. What order should we go in here? <laughs> yeah. Well, you say one thing you're doing twenty four, okay. and then, all right. I'll, then I'll say another one. <laughs> All right, so I am. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about knitting circle first because I am. This is like my year of, uh, figuring out how the design to shelf part of the cycle goes, and not that I'm not that I'm claiming anything will be on the shelf by the end of 24. I am not. Uh, but I I sort of threw myself into game design and into like, I want to do like, I want to do the whole thing. Right. And so because I managed to get knitting circle signed, uh, 
you know, theoretically, fingers crossed, right? In early 24, we're going to be starting development on that game. And then there's a plan, you know, by the end of the year or maybe early in 25 to get it up on Kickstarter. And so I'm just really excited to see the behind the scenes process of development and getting art and getting graphic design and figure out if this is actually a part of the process that I like. Because, you know, my my perspective is I want to try everything once and then and then decide uh, what I don't like and then stop doing that. Uh, but if I don't try it, I don't know. Um, and so like this past year, I sort of went to all the cons, right? I did as many cons as I possibly could so I could figure out which ones I liked and which ones I didn't. Um, and so this year, uh, I am sort of diving deep into like the next piece of this to figure out if I don't, if I like it or not. Um, and to not just do it by myself, um, right? I think that's the part I'm really excited about is to work with a team that has has been doing it um, and has done it multiple times and has, you know, artists they like and graphic designers they like and all sorts of things. So like, it's not, it's not just a process of discovery, but it's a process of learning from people who are good at this and experienced at this and all sorts of things. So I'm just super excited to peek behind that curtain. Um, and as part of that, you know, assuming things go on a calendar schedule as expected, you know, at one of these cons this year, I'll probably end up working a booth uh, to demo the game just to, you know, see how that goes. Um, and yeah, so it's all, it's all new stuff. And I'm excited about that uh, for next year. So yeah, I'm super excited about Knitting Circle. Yeah, well, and I think that that's a, um, a great way to, to uh, I don't know if dip your toe in the right way, but to say it, but um, yeah. You said to learn some other stuff from, you know, people who have done it once or twice. Um, and, you know, kind of like, it, at least it gives you a baseline, right? And so it doesn't mean that their way is best, um, but it's a way that works, right? And so at least it's not a way that doesn't work. <laughs> so you can start <laughs> from there. Um, yeah, so that sounds exciting. I'm sure you'll learn a lot. And I, I always, I think you're you're like me in the sense that, like, learning something new like that is always you know, super interesting and, and kind of exciting to, to do it, even if it turns out to be something you don't want to, to do long term, like that part, it's still fun to learn that you don't want to. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think the learning, the learning is the best part. Um, and I don't know, and probably the meeting people, right, I'm probably going to meet some new people who are cool, and that I want to be friends with, and that would be cool, too. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be it's just going to be an experience, right? Something I could be like, yeah, I did this thing. And maybe I only did it once, but it was fun. Um, or it was horrific and, and I never want to do it again. I don't think it's going to be horrific. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it'll be an adventure either way, right? So yeah, we always need more of that in, the, in our lives. Get away from the, the dull whatever monotony of work and uh, do some yep. new and exciting adventures. Yeah. From the gray cloudy skies of Boston that are going to be the next, <laughs> however many months of the year for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boston's not that bad. It's not, it's good. It's good. I've lived there. It's not that bad. Um, 
Well, um, I guess I'll say something that I'm yeah. trying to do this year. Um, so it's not my venture, um, but it's a venture that I'm going to be assisting with. So I have a friend who is kind of um, kickstarting a new small uh, board game company. Um, and uh, the one thing that I really like about um, this concept is um, he had this idea to um, kind of make um, some games, but have like a theme, right? And so, and by say theme, I'll explain here. So the theme is, it, it's about the intersection of games and culture and art. And so the, the premise of um, all the games that he plans to release at some point um, is it has to have some kind of cultural significance and some kind of artistic significance. Um, and so um, I won't talk too much about it um, as, as things progress, uh, but I'll just mention some like high level things. Um, so like the one thing is about um, street artists, mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's about like, there's a culture around that. There's a sub community, there's, you know, an expression and it's art, right? You know, some of, <clears throat> you know, look at Banksy, Banksy and some of these other ones, like they're very well known and it's a, a key part of, um, culture and art uh, writ large. Um, <clears throat> and there's also a good chance that we um, may do barn quilts as part of that. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, it, it's still in the works, um, but you know, that's another one where it, it meets that criteria, right? Like it's art, yeah. but it's also culture that that comes from and, you know, and also to have a game uh, around it. So um like I said, it's not my venture. I'm I'm helping uh, with it, um, and part of it is is doing a little bit of what you were saying, like kind of going through um, some of the stuff of like, well, what needs to be done for Kickstarter prep or dealing with manufacturing or <clears throat> reaching out to marketing companies to you know try to build an audience or uh, all these kinds of things. You know, how do you um, you know who you're going to hire to do your rulebook editing and all those whatever the checklist of, of things you need to kind of think through. Um, so. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, it'll be a learning experience. Um, yeah, and so we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, so I'll be on a similar <laughs> journey uh, in this case um, with a game, but uh, it won't be my game. It'll be someone else's that I'm helping them with. But um, I'm sure we'll talk a lot because it sounds like we'll be going down parallel paths at different times. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting actually um, at the end of the year to like, compare notes and uh, kind of like uh, see see what we've learned and see what, uh, you know, now at the end of the year when we've have it figured out, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> how differently <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, there's multiple ways to do things. They're, uh, they're all potentially good, right? What is it? I was in some, I don't know, listening to something where it was like, all models are bad, some are useful. Um, and so all, all of these are going to have like terrible downsides, but there's probably, probably some good parts of all of them. Um, yeah, no, that's going to be a fun, that's going to be a fun journey. Um, and I, like, I love barn quilts. Um, I particularly, I just, there's such a vis I have such a visual memory of like the cow kicking over the can of paint and the, 
the drafting. Uh, I just love the <laughs> drafting there. Um, and I love having something that, that, uh, that speaks to that, that culture, that history, right? Like the actual, uh, so for the listeners who may not know, right in Barton Quilts, you actually build a quilt tile or a quilt square, but it, it's based on actual quilt patterns, right? That all have names, right? Of like, I think there's some stuff with geese and, you know, there's, there's like a million different quilt square patterns, right? Um, and you yeah. end up making them in this game, uh, but you get to choose the colors. Uh, so it, it's, it's both a creative expression and like learning something about, um, about quilting and about, and about barn quilts too. Yeah, and um, just to jump in on the the, because I think that's the history of some of the stuff for barn quilts um, is like they even had prominence um, as far back as like uh, uh, pre Civil War and things like that. And so sometimes um, they some of the symbols mean crossroads or certain towns would have their own quilt pattern, and so they were used as part of the Underground Railroad for some of them. So basically, like go up this road until you see this symbol and they would just like scratch at the dirt or whatever and then go left right and so like that was like a navigation thing that was painted on these barns so it has like besides just mm -hmm. culture it has historical significance and, and was used in lots of ways not just like let's put a picture on the barn kind of thing right. so the whole the whole history of it and if you if you look like especially on the east coast um there's all these barn quilt tours where they literally just drive <laughs> around in buses and like look at barn quilts from all these different people and stuff so it's it has like a, a pretty broad um broad base of people uh that kind of have been involved in this historically so that's why i wanted to make it in the first place i saw these and i was like there has to be a game in there somewhere that like expresses this whole idea so it's kind of kind of fun to make those patterns and kind of see them come alive so yeah yeah it's so interesting right because i i do see you know there are there are other quilting games, right? But they don't, I don't know. For me, none of them kind of strike the heart of like what like traditional quilts um, look like and sort of, and to your point, mean, right? Um, so yeah, it just excites me. Um, and it was very fun to play. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually, you know, I just talked about going through this journey with the guidance of, of a publisher but I'm also the other thing. Another thing I'm excited about is I'm I'm sort of starting this journey on my own this year as well. So I talked about March being uh, real busy. Uh, March is when Gamma is, which is the Game Manufacturers Association, Game Manufacturers of America, something like that. Um, it's an acronym. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think folks know that I'm a Horizon Fellow this year, so a publisher fellow, and I've had a mentor through the fall, and I, I get a booth at Gamma um, to showcase games from Pink Hawk Games, and my goal going in will be to sign up as many retailers as possible to a list to hear about uh, when I'm ready to self-publish uh, most likely good kitties and or Pirates of the High Tees. So I'm like on this weird, like waffly spot where I'm sort of pitching both of those games and I'm interested in finding a publisher that I really want to work with, but I'm also preparing myself uh, to self-publish if that is not, if I don't find that, that person, that, that company. 
Um, and this is part, I think, related to some of what we talked about of like, I just throw myself into stuff and I was like, I want to do it all. Uh, and so I, of course, applied and I was lucky enough to be accepted. And so now I am, I am learning all about what it means to sort of build a brand, set up a company, make up stuff for a booth, right? I, yeah, I'm, my clock is ticking down on, cause I need to order, I need to order like signs for a booth. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's taken up a lot of my time that I would love to be doing some game design stuff, but at the same time, I don't know, it feels good. It, it's, um, it's a lot, but it also feels good. Um, but so, so yeah, going through, I'm going to get to Gamma, which is the first week of March. And then I'm going to go, I have a business trip and then I go straight to Unpub and then I come back and I work for like three days and then I go to PAX East and that is my March. Um, and that's a lot for one month. Yeah. You're you're giving March madness a whole new meaning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, I am. A different type of madness. And I, I only hope to come out the end of March without any sort of con crud. We will see. Three cons in one month is maybe not a good recipe for that. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm also, you know, as part of this going through some of the process of, you know, I've, I found a graphic designer for uh, pirates. Um, I am working on finding an artist. And in fact, I am learning the limitations of myself and that I was supposed to send a contract to an artist to just do a, 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 you know, an initial like sketch type of thing. Um, and I haven't managed to get that out the door. So that's a problem. Uh, I have been real bad about social media and discord and a bunch of, and my mailing list. So that's a, that's an interesting quandary that has surfaced in all of this. Uh, so I'm finding my limitations, which is great. Um, and now I have to find how to get around those limitations, which will be harder. Uh, and hopefully by the time this airs, I'll have figured some of this out by January 1st, 2024. Ask me, ask me if I've, if I've managed to get that contract out and if I've managed to send anything to my, uh, my mailing list, because those are goals that I have before the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't quite know what it looks like after March, but I know that it's going to be a an additional part of the journey, right? Because I'm not going to, not just going to stop after March, I'm going to continue on as I have. And so perhaps at Gamma, I'll be lucky and I'll find a publisher that I want to get into either like a co-publishing relationship with, or, I, or I'm interested in having them publish, or maybe I'll just come out with a big a big list of retailers and a fire under my butt to uh, actually get pirates developed so that it's ready for publication. Um, but yeah, that's, that's like, I've got a, I've got the first quarter figured out. And then I think part of the excitement is what are the next nine months of the year hold after, after I walk out of, I would say after I walk out of gamma, but realistically after I walk out of PAX East, cause I'm not going to have any time to think in between the beginning <laughs> of gamma and the end of PAX East. Yeah, for sure. Oh well, no, it's super exciting. Um, yeah. Um, it'll be great. It'll be great to hear about um, your experiences uh, at gamma and um, you know, talking with the publisher or not the publishers, the retailers. I and mean, that's the one thing we, you know, 
a lot of the publishers are around. You play games with them at conventions and stuff like that. But, um, you know, besides a local store owner, you know, it's a really great opportunity to talk to some bigger retailers or the people who are the buyers, I guess is a better way to say it. Um, for those for those places um and yeah it's not an access that we we normally have so it'll be great to hear how that how that goes and you know what they were saying and and you know what they're looking for and you know how that stuff all lined up i'm sure it's like you know these buyers are just guessing too right like they're trying to like based on last year's sales and, and and whatever they see but like they don't know any more than anyone else right like it's not like Target was carrying Wingspan the day it launched, um, but you know after it sold X copies, then they were pretty, pretty interested in it, right? So, you know they follow a little bit too. So, interesting to, yeah, hear what their perspectives are, ask them questions. Um, I also thought it was interesting. You, <clears throat> on a similar note, you had shared in the Discord a list from a publisher that's pretty big. Um, and this is the one anecdote that I'll relate from that was uh, on their wish list was still they were really looking for games that were kind of nature, very cozy, very, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of themes, um, which is funny because like, you know, at Origins and, and other places you talk to like other publishers and they're like, you know, nature themes are dead. There's a million <laughs> games with nature themes. Nobody wants them. And that but like here's a major person who's like selling even a lot in mass and stuff like that saying like oh no we still want that stuff so it's interesting how different people in the same business have a quite different perspectives even on something like like that that seems like totally opposite opinions about like what what the state of the market is uh so yeah not that i know who's right but they seem to disagree (laughs) yeah i think i mean i guess we can get in a whole conversation about cozy games, which I know the podcast has already done an episode on just like a year ago. Um, I feel like there's always going to be a market for cozy or nature or, you know, something that I, I guess I, 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 there's like cozy in that it's like about knitting or winter or, you know, things like that. But then I think there's the cozy of, that's more like it's not as much head-to-head competition you're making something that you feel good about at the end and that to me feels like a like a newer discovery in the market but also like it feels like it might be evergreen to me right like I can't imagine myself being tired of playing cozy games like will they shift from being about socks to being about nature to being about dolphins whatever Dolphins are part of nature, but they don't wear socks, right? Um, but I mean, maybe, right? But I don't. I it it feels like a style of play to me that that yeah. one feels like it should be evergreen. And maybe I'm misusing cozy, um, but yeah. No, I mean, I think you make a good point. You know, like I think there is room for a lot more non-single vector ultra competitive games you you know if you talk to people who don't play a lot of games outside of like the milton bradley classics um there's mainly two reasons that they don't learn new games one they don't want to take the half hour to learn the rules um they're just that's like 
the thing that that they dread the most, like taxes. And the second thing <laughs> is like you play a game with some people, and like some people are always min maxing, even if like they don't really mean to. Like they just like the point of playing is to try to do well, and so I'm going to try to do well. And like, but there's a lot of people that I played games with in the past, like even just like card games, like you know some kinds of rummy or this or that or whatever. And it's like, why are you so serious about this? And like, I'm not trying to be serious. I'm just like, <laughs> the whole point of the game is to like get a run. So I'm trying to get a run. Like, yeah. Otherwise, why are we playing? But I think there is room in that for things that are more experiential and like more of a like multi-victor and that kind of thing, where you can do something and then um, have it kind of like, even if you don't win, you, you know, like you still built something that looks nice or, or things like that. So, um. Not to make the podcast about barn quilts, but I think that's one that it does like that too, right? So like you're building the whole quilt, and even if you don't win, if you're not the first one to finish, like you still like almost did it. So mm -hmm. you know it feels like a lot better than just losing by a hundred points like you do in some other games, right? Like you get zero and I get a hundred, get wrecked. Like you know yeah. some people aren't looking that kind of fun. Yeah. Well, with barn quilts, you can also, if you're one piece short, right at the end, right, you can score up, and then you can, like, slot it in and be like, look at my beautiful quilt square. Um, but, but yeah, so going so going back to the uh, the Gamma thing, I, I'm really excited to come back and tell people about what Gamma was like. We've had a bunch of people in the Discord sort of asking, like, should I go to Gamma? What is it about, right? And And I don't know, because I haven't been... Um, and like I said, this past year, I actually tried to go to like as many cons as possible to get a, a feel for them. But I feel like Gamma's the like, the cap on it that I'm going to be like, okay, now I feel like I've experienced the range of cons. So I at least have the information to make decisions about where to spend my, my time. I, I'd say the ones I haven't done actually I haven't managed to get to like the really small local uh type stuff like i'm second year in a row i'm not going to make it to granite Games summit uh, because that is in between gamma and unpub and that's just not happening <laughs> like, <laughs> i cannot do four conventions in march um i would really note to all of the people who run those conventions i would love it if you would spread those out a little bit i'm just i'm just saying there's january february uh i got nothing going on in september I don't know. It was a personal favor to me. I would appreciate it. Um, the other yeah. folks I'm interested in running into at Gamma, though, I just realized there's a bunch of like content creators and um, influencer type folks. And so I can actually have a conversation with folks about like, how does that work? Right? How do you pick what games you review or preview or, you know, Whose channel should I watch? I feel like I got to do some homework before I go to Gamma and get a better idea of who, yeah, who, what influencers I should I should I should know about. I I have a very small list of uh, like game channels and stuff that I watch on like YouTube and Instagram and things like that. So yeah, know. yeah. I don't I don't know a lot about that world either. Like I'm not sure what the reviews versus previews versus you know like something that's a sponsored video, like where the lines right. go for all those and like which ones are kind of like, hey, we just like review stuff we think is awesome versus like we do this as a job. And so, you right. know, like all that kind of stuff, it gets kind of complicated. 
not that people shouldn't be paid for their time. That's not what I'm no. trying to but, but some people don't want to, right? They want to say, I was not paid and right. here's my opinion. And that's why I think this. Um, so yeah. yeah, a lot to navigate in that space, I guess is what I would say. Yeah, there's probably a whole episode on that at some point, uh, if folks are interested, but not by me, because I don't know anything about it. So <laughs> yeah, that makes two of us. Well, yeah, I'm super excited. Like the big question I'm going to ask when you get back uh, from Gamma is, is definitely about the retailers. I'm super curious about that. So mm-hmm. be, be glad to hear uh, what they had to say. I'll be taking um, notes. <laughs> so the the last thing that I plan to work on this year um, in 2024, because it's totally not December today, um, is um, in some of those conversations I've been having with my friend, um, I I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm actually going to um, create a small game publishing company. Yay! <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But um, it's going to have a very, very, very specific focus. Um, it's not trying to, to do too many different things. Um, it's initially going to do one thing. Um, so... I really like what All Play is doing a little bit with their kind of small box line that they sell for like 15, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, games that tend to be a little bit rules light um, and not too component heavy, but still can be you know plenty of fun, right? So you can jump in within, say, I don't know what their rule was. I think they say two minutes, but it's probably more realistically like five. But mm-hmm. anyway, not some like, okay, everybody get some cat coffee. We're going to sit down for an hour and read the rest of this rule book, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> Arc Novas of the world or whatever. Yeah. Um, so this line is going to be uh, two-player only games. They're yes. going to be small box. Um, the intention is uh, that they will be pretty component light. Um, th- this is all to, <laughs> subject <Yeah>. to change. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thoughts in my head. Um, and the idea would be hopefully to be able to sell them for 20 bucks. Um, so they'd be, you know, something that's easy to, to both demo at conventions and also like something that like, oh, that looks kind of fun. It's 20 bucks. Let's, let's just grab it and, uh, and do it. I think one thing I saw in the, in the pandemic is like, yeah, there's great games like patchwork and other stuff that are two player. Um, but they don't tend to have a lot of different themes and a lot of different mechanisms. They tend to have like just a couple of different things. Now there has been some, some more recent stuff like um, the sky team thing seems really cool, but that's a co-op two player. Um, so that, that was definitely a nice little twist uh, that, that came out um, recently. But uh, the one thing that, um, that I'm going to push with this line is um, games that are as much about playing your opponent as playing the game. Meaning, mm-hmm. um, they won't necessarily have bluffing, but um, as like that, that won't be the mechanic. Like these are not all bluffing games. Um, but the intent would be that they have that kind of like Princess Bride, I can't, you know, double bluff, bluff, double bluff kind of thing, right? Where like, well, you would think I would go there, right? And this works really <laughs> great because two players can be zero sum, right? We know what if I don't have it, they have it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, they think I should go there, so I shouldn't go there. But since they know I shouldn't go there, you know, like all that kind of stuff, right? And so, um, 
So I think there can be a lot of replayability, even just trying to like play the same game um, and trying to like more about outwitting your opponent. Um, mm-hmm. And the game's just a mechanism to do that. And um, I have a bunch of designs already um, in this kind of vein that I was going to try to pitch to a publisher uh, to kind of put out, but um, I think I might actually just do it myself. Um, so at some point, I probably will open up for pitches, um, and I'll have a more definitive list of exactly what I'm looking <laughs> for. <laughs> um, so it's not just like, hey, here's a two-player game, um, because there's some specific things that that I want. Um, actually, even some of my two players don't meet my criteria right now, so you know we'll have to kind of figure that out. But um, I think I have enough, uh, and so I, I think that there is a pretty nice space. Um, especially at conventions, you know, games that you can like demo on a small table, um, several different ones at once, um, and have really cool themes. You know, like one I'm working on now is um it's a Holmes versus Moriarty kind of thing. Mm. Um it's a dual deduction thing where you're both the premise is it is a battle wit and you're both trying to solve the other one's puzzle first. Um so that kind of thing. So yeah. Um, a lot more to come with that, but um, not nothing's going to come out uh, this year. But um, I want to start like getting things together, and if things really progress well, then probably the most public thing uh, anybody would see from this would be um, maybe PAX uh, 2024 that I would have a small booth or try to get in someone else's booth um, and start like getting the game out there, building a mailing list, building an audience, trying to like um, get it in front of the public and see how they react to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Like it's cheaper to, it's cheaper to like, um, you know, rent a booth for the weekend and find out that everyone hates your game <laughs> than to like do all the stuff for a Kickstarter and then say like, Oh, nobody wanted this. Um, so yeah, just get some validation from the target audience. Um, and, and like I said, start building a mailing list and that kind of thing. Um, I'm starting from nothing, so yeah. So it's going to be exciting to see how that goes. Um, but yeah, something I'm I'm pretty set on trying. I think so. That is super exciting, and I'm just going to say I might know a company that might be thinking about trying to get a booth at PAX. It's called Pink Hawk Games. I don't know if you've heard of them, but I don't know. Maybe maybe they could share a booth. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I was talking I was talking to someone else in the Horizon Fellowship and I was like, How did you build your mailing list? And they were like, We got booths at PAX Unplugged for two years in a row and we're just demoing the game and building a mailing list and, and stuff like that. And um I was like, Oh, that was that was both clever and a lot of time demoing the game in the hall at PAX. Uh but yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm just so excited about this. Also, I wanna buy your games uh for at the bar at PAX East. So I'm going to need you to get a PAX East booth as well, Roscoe, just to, you know, <laughs> for my personal, for my personal needs. Um, but well, <laughs> I, I'd be glad to send you copies of, of any of these ones. Um, and then you're, you're subjecting yourself uh, to being a play tester, but I will always the be a play is, tester. They'd be, they'd be free. They'd be free of charge. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will my always be a play tester. You're like, nah, I'd rather pay the 20 bucks. 
Uh, that way, if I can't find a game in the moment, I can just like pull it out of my backpack and be like, I found this game and I know you didn't find it because it was only, it's the only one at PAX East. Um, oh, that's super exciting. And I love the clarity of your vision there, right? I'm, I'm still struggling to articulate the things that I want to do with Pink Hawk. And I just think that's so, yeah, I, I don't know. I love it and I'm excited and I, you know, I feel like I've seen a bunch of folks on the discord who are also starting, starting to play with this idea. And I think that there's some, there's some like force multiplier we're going to get when a bunch of us are sort of in this space. Right. I think just by being able to bounce ideas off each other and, you know, we'll have the brain trust um, and maybe we'll be able to be like, Hey, can you cover my booth while I go to the bathroom? Which I hear is a thing yeah. that you need. Right. <laughs> well, that, that would be so cool to have. Uh, um, and I think there are a couple other ones. I saw one at PAX, which was like, I'm gonna say the name wrong, so don't 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 yell at your speakers. Uh, like like tabletop collective or something. Mm-hmm. Which I think what is a similar kind of idea, but like yeah, it'd be so cool to have a building the game um, you know, alliance or collective yeah. or whatever the right word is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of people just like kind of like supporting each other and, and showing a bunch of games and, um, yeah, cutting a little bit of the risk and then also just being supportive. Like, like you said, like it's a lot easier to have, you know, six or seven games and, and a bunch of people kind of like showing them all off and Mm -hmm. seeing what happens. And and it's, again, it's, it's a nice, that's the thing I always worried about. And, you know, I know some people that have done it where like they go to PAX and again, they have a game. Right. And so they get a 10 by 10 and like, that's it. If someone's walking to buy and they don't like the art or whatever it is, like you've lost all chance. But like if you have five, six small games or whatever, or even bigger ones, whatever, like coming by, like you have a better chance of pulling somebody in. And then you could say like, Oh, do you like this kind of game? And you can kind of like, cause I know walking down the, the aisles, people try to pull me in and I'm just like, I'm going somewhere. I'm not interested in your thing. <laughs> right, but like once you hook somebody, like and maybe hand them off to other people and all that kind of stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, and this would be a force multiplier. Yeah, this community is so supportive of each other, right? I feel like we'd have no problems learning each other's games and you know being able to. I mean, some of us, you know, are already demoing at other people's booths within this community. So um, I don't know. It sounds like a fun, fun and exciting year that we both have in front of us here. Um, I, I guess I will, I will uh, do my last thought for 24, which is I'm also really excited to work on new games. <laughs> um, and I mentioned that I was excited to do this over the sort of holiday break, which by the time this airs, I will have done, I will have prototyped five new games. Um, but yeah, I think I've been, you know, I intentionally, my attention early I was like I'm not gonna do just kitties I'm not gonna do just pirates and I did you know I worked on eight different games in my first year as a game designer and basically all but three of those are on the shelf (laughs) right Uh, but I just feel like I've had cross stitch going and then I have a bunch of like notebook designs and I'm just really excited to take pirates and good kitties into a new space and knitting circle into a new space which will leave room for cross-stitch and jacket racket and my I Hate Pickles game to sort of become become real games. 
um, or maybe shelf games, but at least there'll be not notebook games anymore. So uh, similar to how you were talking earlier about, you know, building up your, your, your things you can pull out of your back pocket. I'm excited to, I'm excited to do some of that once I get past March. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I think that I think most game designers um, are in that boat. Like, it's always super exciting when you have a new idea or whatever, and you like first get it out and like so hopeful and and like whatever. And so it, you know, it's like most things when they're new like that. Like, but it's great to get that feeling again, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I say this all the time, so I'm an old man, so you know, <laughs> I repeat myself. But like sometimes game design is a slog. Like it's just a pain in the butt, right? Like you're testing it and like. You may do test after test and like nothing's working or everything you try doesn't work or, or, you know, it seems fine, but people aren't having fun, like whatever it is. Right. And so, you know, sometimes you have to kind of switch off to something you're more excited about just to like kind of recharge the batteries. And like, even if it doesn't become something, at least you kind of like feel like you got your juices flowing again and kicking ideas around. So that's always a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something I'm excited for. And then just, you know, see people again. I'm excited already about the cadence of uh, conventions next year or this year. 24 this year. All right. I can't remember what day it is. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know. Uh, What is time? Time is meaningless. Um, so, So, Roscoe, do you have a game to pitch? Uh, I do. I'll make it quick. I know we're running a little bit long, but um, so someone had uh, said on the Discord that they they were interested in like doing a game design, a co-design about anything. Just like let's do a a Mm co-design. Um, and so of course I raised my hand because I'm a crazy person. Um, but um, we we started talking a little bit, and um, thing we kind of settled on was um, to try to make a party game um, that's language independent. So there's not, no writing, no, no numbers, whatever, uh, completely <laughs> language independent. And so the theme we kind of settled on for now, um, this is early, <laughs> um, is dryer socks. And so the premise is there's a bunch of socks in the dryer. They've been dumped <laughs> in a pile. And so this, again, it's a party game and you have to find matches. Um, and so the thing is, um, you have a hand of cards, um, but it's, it's, um, one of the things we're testing, I shouldn't say in a definitive way, is that there's no turns. So you're just mm-hmm. like, think like pit or like a stock trading game. Like, you know, do you have any socks with blue heels? Do you have any socks with red stripes? Like whatever you're trying to, to get set, uh, match uh, different pairs and you have a hand. Um, and you need to get some number of pairs. So um, the second thing is um, that I'm, that I'm working on is that it's um, it's actually <laughs> I'm gonna make a little dryer and, <laughs> and the timer for the game is gonna be this dryer and it's gonna be there and it's gonna be playing a dryer sound and it's gonna oh. bounce because it's gonna have servos in it. And um, the way the timer is going to end is it's going to go eh, like a like a dryer. Yeah. yeah. And so the 
what happens is all the all the socks you've collected during the game, um, there's going to be these boards down there which represent your clothes baskets. And so you can't put your pairs down, um, and they probably have to match a color or some other attribute until the dryer buzzer rings, and then it's a race. So you can get your pairs down quickly. And if you can't get yours down, you just have to hold them for next turn. <laughs> so then you draw back up to seven cards or whatever, and then yeah. you play another round. And the rounds are short. They're like yeah. 30, 40, 50, 60 seconds at most. Um, yeah, and so it's just a party game meant to be uh, a little chaotic, a little crazy. Um, not too hard. You just have to match socks. And of course, one of the things in setup, which is, I think, funny, is um, you, you pull in colors of socks based on the number of players, and you shuffle the deck of each color, and then you take one sock from each color out. <laughs> and you put that back in the box. So somebody's going to have a sock that just doesn't have a match, right? Because, come on, it's socks. It has to be that way. So yeah, that that's where it is so far. Um, I did subject my family to this. Um, I don't even know what day it is. Uh, on Sunday, we played three rounds. Um, it went okay. It didn't go perfectly. Some of the rules, some of the way the cards, iconography and stuff uh, wasn't great. Um, so I've cleaned some of that up, made a second set. So, uh, yeah, we're going to keep testing. Um, my co-designer has some other ideas, too, that, uh, with the trading and stuff like that. So one of the big things is how you trade. You know, what can you ask? What can you say? That kind of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff to figure out there. But that's the basic gist. It's it's just like a kind of silly party game. Um, yeah, and it's language independent. You just have to be able to match socks. So, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love it. And I, of course, because I can't stop myself, I'm going to make a suggestion. Uh, so when, when I lose individual socks, um, or when like one sock gets a hole in it, I keep the other sock and it gets paired with another sock that has lost its mate. So now I have official pairs of socks that don't match, but they have no other matching socks. So I'm just saying if some of your socks go into the box, there could be like major bonus points. If you make a set that is actually two solo socks, I'm just saying, gotcha. cause that's gotcha. styling. <laughs> that's where, that's where style happens. Is the, uh, that is the thing like that's like the kids do on purpose now right like growing up if we had wore two different color socks you would have got beaten up but like i think today <laughs> kids do it on purpose and like a red and a yellow one and like everyone thinks it's cool so yeah i it think definitely it, fits the theme i think eric said one of his roommates in college used to do that and i was like oh man i have never considered that right now i have a pair of mismatched socks that are actually like sitting on a windowsill being like a buffer for something that makes noise. So that's not really, I don't, I don't wear them mismatched, <laughs> but um, I do have one mismatched pair of knee socks that I wear. Um, it's like a guinea pig sock and a cat wearing a butterfly costume sock. Um, and they're, they're both pink, <laughs> but with different animals on them. So they seem to go. Together. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see in a future episode if that uh, game comes together. Uh, yeah, it's just a couple uh, couple weeks old here at this point, so we'll see see how it goes. Awesome! It sounds fun. I can't wait to play it. Um, and I'm waiting for the the little dryer thing. You you know you say your dryer goes. Eh. My dryer sings a song. It goes like do 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 do, 
and then it does it again. It's a very long song to let me know that the dryer is done. Um, it might be longer than the playing time that you're going for on this game. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know like a lot of the European models and stuff like that, they have all these different tone settings and stuff like that. But I like the old harsh buzzer. I love just, that. like classic. Yeah. Can you make it like bounce a little across the table, the dryer? Yeah. So my, my friend who uh, does hardware, um, we're going to put some of the, like the, um, you know how your phone vibrates. Mm -hmm. So those pieces are super cheap. You can get them for like pennies. Yes. So we're going to put, we're going to put ones at each corner and then by randomly pulsing it, it's going to make it like, it'll make it move and, and bounce around. So like exactly that. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it so much. Yeah, I think if we could actually make that um, that component at scale, like that alone would sell the game. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, that's and that's got like mass market written all over it too. So, um, wait. Well, this has been super fun. It has been. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for doing this with me. This experimental. Uh, beginning of the year i'll be curious may, I, maybe we should check in at the end of the year and see how it how it went i don't know if we can uh i don't know if no, we should that, record that, is that. yeah yeah we, we should that could be like a um a bonus episode right yeah. like a lot of podcasts do that they do like prediction 2024 predictions or whatever yeah. and then they do like 2024 like how well sometimes they do that on the next years like they see look back and say how well we did so maybe we could do it that way in yeah. 2020, yeah. we're doing our 2025 podcast. We'll first start with how, did we do how horribly did we do in 2024? <laughs> yeah, I predict I'm not getting sick in March. That's my prediction. Uh, it's more like it's a, a wish. <laughs> it's more like a wish. <laughs> um, so I realize I did not study how Jason ends these episodes. So I'm going to go with uh you guys should check us all out on the discord building the game on the discord that's where to find us all um and roscoe is there somewhere that folks can reach you um yeah so i'm at roscoe shock on twitter blue sky and discord uh, you can reach me there um i know you can reach the podcast at building the game at gmail.com thank you building the game podcast.com go there to join the discard uh, discord sorry and um, yeah, that's the main stuff for for the okay. podcast. And Great. where should people follow you, Emily? Uh, I am uh, Tiandris on Blue Sky and Discord. I'm technically on Twitter, but I'm not really on Twitter. Um, or you can go to my website, PinkHawkGames.com, and uh, join my mailing list. Uh, yeah, and I think that's it. And then it goes something like. Uh, we'll see you again soon, but until next time. No, no, no. It's no, a, darn it! All and right. The, and the in in the best way to 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 reach us is to keep coming back every single week. Love and it. until next time, good night. Good night. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. The end of the episode. That's when it technically ends.